Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Take two. It is May 26th. It is almost Memorial Day. The long holiday weekend is coming up. Mara Carabello is here and back after sending her daughter off into the brave new world almost right. with graduation. High school graduation. Congrats. Thanks. And Greg good. Hughes just found out that his daughter officially graduated from college because you got yep. the certificate in the mail. Got Finally, proof. I have proof. It's like she a receipt. Has, she has not shown me proof throughout her entire uh, collegiate career. Mm. So I said, this commencement is really important for me. So I went to the commencement. I went to look for the degree. It wasn't there. I'm like, we're still in no man's land. She well, said, what do you think I did? Well, everybody's degrees that way. You yeah. just have to give them a little folder. what do you think? I would go through this and not have it? Well, it's not here. Well, it came in the mail just the last week. Nice. There, this two days ago. Nice. came in the mail. So what it's official. What a relief. She graduated. And Mara, how well was done. yours? You had a ton of family in town. ton of family. It was nice. It was at a Bravenel Hall. It was, it was pretty. Kind that of looked fan- really pretty. Fancy feeling Enjoyed your brother coming in. I can he, see who the rational members of the well. family are. It was really good. Yeah. He either is an incredible therapist because he had me eaten out of his hand, or he just really likes me. And I don't, either way, I, I enjoyed the whole experience. I feel like when he was looking at you, he really could see through your soul, which is kind of scary when yeah, someone does But it wasn't, it wasn't a judgy have look. A, a bromance It wasn't a, a judgy bit. look. I felt like felt there was understood? a lot of empathy. I felt Did like you? he understood me. Yeah. 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 Did you feel good all week? Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was very, a great Cathartic contrast. for you. It was a, a contrast. Great contrast. Yeah. All right, well, it's just when, you and I today, friends. When sisters, you know, doesn't have brother in the room, it's a very different show. Are you uh, being show. sexist? No, I'm saying big, <laughs> well, I am saying big brother's rule, so. Okay. Yeah. It was good. Well, I'm glad everyone had happy graduations. I have one more year left till we have a graduation at my house, and then I will be kidless. That is weird to even say out it loud since weird. I'm 25. I know. I know. In this day and age, they might, you might not be kidless. Weird. You just super might have weird. them living in your home forever. It is true. Well, I say true. I run a bed and breakfast for my daughter that flits off to <laughs> other countries and then comes back for a little <laughs> while. So I'll keep my kids. They're yes. cute. All right, we have to talk about some serious things right now. Uh, This didn't seem as serious to me, but today things are changing on uh, the front of Target. Uh, Pride Month is in June. That's coming up in just a few days. We have the Pride Parade here in Utah. A lot of businesses go all out for this, whether you like that or not. Target uh, rolled out their Pride merchandise. Makes sense because you want to roll it out before people have Pride Month to wear. Yes. Some of it was, I would probably use the word controversial in what they rolled out. Whoever the artist was, I don't know a lot about them, but... They had things that were Pride-related, Satan-related, all in pretty pastels, though, which is nice. Uh, The interesting thing with this is that I don't know that it's vastly different than what we've seen in the past. There are some women's rainbow swimsuits that now come tuck-friendly, in case you need to... Good to know. ...tuck things away, which I think definitely Mm. brings it to a different level than we've seen before. It's not real. But if you look back in history, I feel like... Democrats in recent decades have been the ones who have been good at, it's a skill, I guess, going to a business, telling them, I don't like it, I'm not going to come here anymore. Let's take Chick-fil-A, for example, when they started donating to LGBTQ rights. No more Chick-fil-A if you were gay. 
But Republicans have taken a page out of the Democrats' book, but the question is, are they doing it right? Are they doing it wrong? Uh, Target has pulled back most of that merchandise. I think they have some regular rainbow stuff there, but maybe some of the more controversial stuff that was LGBTQ plus a little Satan or tech-friendly. <laughs> Threw a sprinkle with a little that Satan in it. That was the weird thing. I don't know why that was there. Yeah. They have pulled them from stores, but as of today, when I'm walking to this around 3 o'clock right now, I'm hearing that there are several targets here in the state of Utah, one that may have been evacuated, that threats came in, possibly over email I don't know if they were called in. I don't know what kind of threats they were, but there have been threats made to Target over this. So the question is, Greg, is there a right way and a wrong way to protest? Because protesting with your dollar, it works. If you don't bring your dollars yeah. to that business, then they know that. I think every it's consumer not nice. has a right to spend their money where they want to spend it. And if they if there's a, a company that offends them or they think that their dollars and their profit with their dollars will pursue things that they oppose, that you can as a consumer, you can do what you want. Um, I, Should they demand though that stores take the product off their shelves so that their no, kids don't I, I have would, to I see it? I would just do what they did with Bud Light. I just you just stop going, you stop buying. That's all. You just you just stay. You just choose to go other places that don't, don't offend you when you walk in. I think we're look. I, I don't know a Republican. I don't know a conservative that's going to fight Pride Month and rainbows. I don't. I just don't know anyone. But where I think the line has been crossed is when you start getting into the, the how about children and how children are supposed to dress and what children tuckable or whatever you just said. The, the bathing suits that, that cross genders for children. It's that, I mean, I just think I that, do think they're only adult only at Target, the tuckable ones. Well, whatever it is, because the, the, I don't, my wife, I don't even know if Krista goes to Target. I don't know. What, but all I know is this. What I've read is that it's beyond the, the what you would consider traditional pride month. And it's gone into uh, further into this uh, transgender and even into children, uh, the description of children or how they dress or whatever it may be. Then you add Satan to it. Are you kidding me? They make they're making satanic stuff. It's I just think it's over the though. top. And I would just say this: I'm not for leaders telling everyone stop going to this place and having a ban that way. Uh, you know, having a ban. But if you, as a consumer, don't want to subscribe to the Disney Channel because you think Disney got far too political, so end your subscription. I did. If you think that Target's putting stuff out there that you think is hostile to women or children, don't go there. And I think that would be so powerful, more so than any of these protests. What if you really have to have protests. those new napkins from Studio McGee they have there? So well, you still want to go to Target. Some suppliers will, if they find that their numbers went down because people stopped going to those stores, would put maybe their pressure on Target to lighten up on the messaging and, and be a store, a, you know, a commercial store that appeals to more people. That's what isn't, isn't that what advertising is supposed to be, is to appeal to as many people as you can to, to make money? I mean, that's... I, I guess it depends on what you're promoting and marketing, but Target, you would think. So, Mara, one thing that I've seen, and Greg, you can answer this too, is I've seen people go into stores recording their conversations, and they're going up to Target employees, which obviously have nothing to do with this, and being like, how do you feel about it? Do you feel terrible working at a store? And that's what makes me uncomfortable when you start seeing – I mean, if my kid were working at Target, I don't know that I would want people, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, depending on what their side of the issue was, coming up and harassing my kids or whoever it was saying, you know – so I think we're missing the major point, which is the harassment. This isn't yeah. normal retail consumer boycotting, which has been going on forever, and yeah. it makes sense, and I think we all agree on that it. That happens quietly. I, you just and, stop and, going. And, you know, uh, LGBT pride gear has been out for a decade. Yeah. Like, that's not new. And so what's new is this new tactic. I'm also not going to make Republicans own that every Republican is anti-pride and anti-LGBTQ. I think this is a 
subset group that we, I, I would frankly, if I were a Republican, I wouldn't want to embrace this. And I want to release those Republicans who say, no, this is not the tactic I would use, whether I disagreed with something. I think this is a subset that we need to start calling out by its own name. Because I, I could easily say today, well, the Republicans are doing this. I yeah. don't know that they are. I think this group of Americans who have decided to bully and threaten. What's scary about this is... Target's main rationale for pulling this back is in not in terms of the content. Because frankly, I don't think there's a behemoth retail outlet that isn't following what you ascribe, which is merchandising to make money. And I think, frankly, whether we find it or appealing or not, I mean, I could walk into the mall and tell you all the things that I find, you know, offensive from just a fashion point of view to just plain old offensive. I mean, we were talking earlier before the show, just, I mean, you can buy marijuana gear anywhere you want. Yes. So, so they are, I think, Target is releasing things that they find, that they think have a market. I don't think they are taking on a politic to it. I, I think if it's not marketable, they wouldn't do it. But what I will say has changed that I think is the core of the matter is how people are choosing to, let's say, protest, how people are choosing to express their political point of view should be uniformly unacceptable to us. So there's two points I would like to make that there are polls out there from both, you know, that are, you would hope are, are neutral, but also those that come from the Republican camps or in Democrat camps or left or right. And they're showing that a majority of Americans, 60% to 70% are not okay with this transgender social agenda of the definition of, of a female. And, and a male. And it's, it's, it's unsettling to a large percentage of, of America. And when the Democrats are pointing this out, they're acknowledging these bad poll results to say we have to frame this differently or we have to talk about it differently because these numbers are showing that America doesn't support what it is that we're trying to do. So I actually trust that it's probably correct that most Amer this is off-putting or unsettling to most Americans. That's where you get into some of these way people react to it. If you have a swath of America that's not comfortable with this social agenda and the social uh, cause, you're going to find some group, some subset in that group who are so upset about it, they, they'll even be more confrontational. But the reason why I don't think you see people going, please stop, or I want to disassociate with them, I think because people are like, God, I, I understand what's making them so upset because I'm not into this either. Impacting so, our team members' sense of safety and well-being on the job is what Target said was happening. Yeah, no, no, and, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm Greg, talking about, I'm talking about, about if fringe. you go, if you're going to promote something that 70% of America is uncomfortable with, if and you're you, shocked that there's a subset of Americans believe, that are going to protest the way they have, you're naive. If you believe the trans community is impacting your family unit, you're looking for it. No, because it's, it's, it is not a problem. This is my second I, point. I do it, not you're, believe you're this actually, is this a problem. This is a beautiful segue to my second point. You have said on this program many times that the, the, the people that, that I would say suffer from gender dysmorphia, but you would say are transgender, is so small. And it's, it's akin to bullying to actually point out policy that would not, pro, that it's does not prohibit out policy, a boy. It's legislating. Yeah, it's prohibiting the a boy from playing an individual. a girl's boy. You, you say that that's, there's just not enough people that it impacts children. children that prohibiting a boy from playing a girl's sport, we shouldn't be in the game. Well, if that's the case, then why would Target have such a broad marketing effort for such an infinitesimal so many, small amount of people that you say are, are insignificant. How many pieces of merchandise focused at the trans community versus just the general community at Target? How many of their pieces of merchandise? Uh, more than the people that you're counting how on many, one hand are actually things? impacted by how the bills that you've protested. How many things could you buy It's at more Target? than five. 
It's more how than many, 10. So in their merchandising offering, yes. how many were specific to trans I, I'm telling you, if you had a half an aisle in a Target of all places, a superstore, you, you are looking at a demographic much, much larger than you've that. been pointing out is being impacted by, the, by this, uh, this social issue. And it so is. You it doesn't think, match. You think Target is doing it to lose money and make a point? No, I think point. they're doing it because there's a social score you get for being... Uh, so understanding you think they to know those they'll causes. lose money on this. I think they're. I do think that you, you think could, they expect you could to worry lose money because I guarantee they don't expect to lose money, Greg. Well, no, they would they lose money if they didn't sellable. do it. They do it because they have to check a box. It helps them get loans. Which it helps means them get the their insurance. Shop there because there's a social score. No, it's not. It's not a. It's not a supply and demand like old it school. Is a it's a social score that corporations oh, Greg, are now subscribing to. You just make that up. No, I'm not making that up. That's real. That is. That's actually true. They are looking at this is why extract oil and gas companies are having a hard time getting insurance and loans because it is socially irresponsible to to lend or to work well, with and it's extraction the, it's industries. It's the energy of the past, not the and future. That's, and so that is being translated into all these causes. All these causes, you have to check now, those boxes I, if you want to be able to access capital as a bank. You should know this as a capitalist. You think capitalists are willingly saying, "I will give up profits." To just have a political no, agenda. I I think I think in the event that the consumer reacts negatively enough, it will overcome these boxes of the social so score they want to. I they just want to point out the reason we're talking about this story is people have been threatening people at Target. We're we are not talking about this story because, because it's Pride One of the America's we're not largest talking about retailers this story because they rolled out has, their LGBTQ has gotten aggressive on a social agenda that Americans by 60 to 70 percent don't subscribe a, to. You have chosen to say they've gotten ag- aggressive. You haven't even been into a Target. You don't even know what you're offering. I, Heidi said they have, have. what do you call it, tuckable? Tuck friendly. Tuck friendly. That's, that is just, that, you think that's been around a long time? That's a new thing, man. I I'm telling you, that is I not. I think you would have walked into a Target and never noticed it. I think you would have purchased whatever you wanted to purchase. I think you would have got your Pride T-shirt if that's what you wanted. <laughs> no, I, I think we've decided to hyper focus on the trans it's, it's issue. It's the same issue and the that issue Bud Light in had. This is they went for a, they went for a demographic because no. they wanted they want to check a social score box. I'm offended that you believe the perpetrator is the trans community and not it's, people. No, it's, it's people trying people. to check boxes on a social no, score to look the story so that they can is that access. People are threatening people because they disagree with them. If Use you continue dollar, to put something, keep it in your pocket. Yeah, do whatever if 60 you want. to 70% of America is not comfortable with this and you decide as a major retailer to yeah, promote I'm it or market it, you're, that, you're, you're running against headwinds that are not going to play out well. It will be interesting to see what happens in the future because we have had pride paraphernalia at stores for a, long a time. very long time. So definitely things have changed. Um, I hope people choose to be kind to other human beings. You can protest. You can even get signs and you can march around. You probably can't park, march around in somebody's private parking lot. But a sidewalk or wherever no, you want. I, I like just, how, don't be mean to people. I, I love the Bud Light one where everyone just checked out. They didn't protest. They didn't put up signs. They didn't do it. They just stopped buying. No, but that's the way to do yeah, it. Exactly. But again, I love that this part. story I, I love that is one. about bad behavior, not about a group of people. Yeah. Be on good behavior, everyone. Okay. Do it like they did. Do it the way you did Bud Light, folks. All that's right. We're going to talk about elections starting right now because they are just around the corner. I meant to look up how many days so you could start getting excited, <laughs> excited and rip the little. Um, papers off the chain, but uh, Trent Staggs, I did not see this one coming, uh, running for U.S. Senate. He announced this week he'll be running against Senator Mitt Romney. We presume at this point that he's running. Uh, He hasn't announced. We did contact his office for comment, but they said no comment. So uh, Trent Staggs is in the race. Uh, Mara, he is the mayor of Riverton right now. He's been in office for 10 years, uh, part of that as a city council member, then as a mayor. 
seems to be very popular. He ran as the Salt Lake County mayor, lost that race in the pandemic era, and now he's running for Senate. Yeah, so he's the first declared candidate, we mm-hmm. should yeah. say. I mean, Brad Wilson is in for exploring, and Mitt Romney has filed his FEC papers, but neither of them have done a formal declaration. Yeah. So Trent Skaggs, which is probably a good move for someone with as what I suspect is very low name ID and hasn't been networked. I will say he ran against Jenny Wilson and gave it a pretty good go. If I remember right, he got 44, yeah. but she was at yeah. 48 and or something. I mean, it was yeah. pretty competitive. And you know, what's also nice is if you've run in Salt Lake County, the county is huge. Like, I mean, it's, a lot of people. It's, it's different than, you know, no offense to those who live in Garfield County, but like it's, it's, a, it's a major factor. I think in it's it. what, 40% of the state's population. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, there's some bona fides there. He'll run as a, true conservative, um, I would still, you know, I'd, I'd give him a, a long shot uh, criteria if I'm putting him on the betting track. Yeah. But uh, the way to do this is go out early, right? I mean, if you're going to yeah. be a, a dark horse challenger, the statistics would say, yeah, now's the time to get in. Be the first one in. Be definitive. See if you can, as Greg suggested, see if you can shake some trees down for some dollars. But you, you've got to figure he's a long shot. And he's going the Greg Hughes route. He will not be getting any That's signatures. Right. He is yep. going to go talk to the delegates and definitely a conservative move. And so he's he knows who he's talking to. Yeah, and, and I think I think if you're a candidate and your ability to raise isn't endless and yeah. you don't have personal wealth to put into a race, uh, your your caucus convention cycle is one where you can meet people that are going to vote for you. On, by and large, people that can vote for or against you. Yeah. That's going to be your best election cycle. Just by virtue of the substance of it. And if you can't survive that <laughs> as an underfunded candidate, you're not going to get, it doesn't get easier once you get into a primary. So I would say to anybody who really wants to earn their chops, gain grassroots, that, that caucus convention cycle is, is not just, it, it, it's, it's, it's an advantage to do it that way. Um, so anyway, I think that's a smart way to play. I also think that he got, so Fox News, the national headline was he was the first to run or to say he's going to yeah. run against uh, Mitt Romney, and he got the street cred for that. So for the Brad Wil- Speaker Wilson, where he's announced the exploratory committee, he might have drawn first blood in my mind. He has because he let us know we have an incumbent Republican senator, and I'm yep, and I'm still looking at and considering running. Which I think there's blood in the water there. He didn't get that national recognition as being the one that's going to take on Romney. That was left for Trent. So. Um, I, I think that, that Brad, I think his fundraising uh, as speaker and his ability to raise funds and the ability to put money into his own race, he's going to be a very, very strong candidate. I think I, He I, could self-fund if he wanted, could yeah, he? Yeah, I, I suspect he that he could. So I, I, I still put a lot of – and I think he has a very strong conservative record. I served with him. He was on my leadership team when I was in the, in the, in the House. So I think kudos to Trent St- Mayor Staggs for coming out and, and really getting that – that reputation or that headline that he's the first to, to say, I'm coming after you, Mitt Romney. But I, there'll be more. I mean, you'll have at least, uh, well, you'll he, at least have blocked out. Like, in my mind, who he's blocking out are people like Senator Mike Kennedy, people who probably are going to take the far right lane, which I think is indicated by saying I'm not doing signatures. I think for me, if I read the, if I read what I think people say when they say I'm not gathering signatures, they're they're giving a nod to the caucus convention system. Well, they are, but again, I, I go back to it's practically just if blocking and tackling. Money, it's the better race for you because uh, it doesn't require yeah. as much money. But I'll tell you this too: when you are the first to come out the gate for fundraising. There's a lot of national interest in not seeing Mitt Romney be reelected, and I think there is a potential to raise funds nationally if you're seen as the candidate that's 
willing to say that. I'm going, I don't, I'm here to retire Mitt Romney. I think there's a, there's a fundraising play there too. I've heard some things about Brad Wilson and some people think that maybe he's not exploring, but maybe waiting to see what Senator Romney does. Anyone have any indications that that may or may not be true? I've heard that rumor too, Heidi. I, I, I feel like I'm pretty close to Brad in terms of friendship and I've, I've known him for a long time. I, I think he's, he at some point is being deferential to him, but I, to Mitt Romney, but I think he's intending to run. They're, they're, I'll tell you what it is not. Some people think the fix is in, that these two have somehow worked out some kind of plan or deal. That is not the case. I know that's not the case. And so I do think he's exploring it. I think that's kind of if you know Brad and you know his personality, he's, he's, a, he's going to build. He's going to hear from people. He wants to be able to get up on that first day and say, look, I've gone to 29 counties, and I know this state's ready for a change and wants different representation uh, in the United States Senate from this state. And he wants to have that kind of weight and uh, moral authority, not just say, I want to run. He's, he's going to be able to say that with a, a very different degree of, of, of certainty once this exploratory uh, time is over. If we had to line up the candidates at this point, I'm going to pretend that Senator Mitt Romney's a candidate and Brad Wilson is, yeah. and that um, Trent Staggs is. In what order would you put them in conservative nature? Would Mitt Romney be the most centrist, and then Brad Wilson, and then Trent Staggs, or would you move them around? Where would the cups go? Do you guys know? Well, I'm going to be biased because mm. I'm a House member, but I think he's got a record on Second Amendment rights, uh, he is medical Brad freedom. Brad Wilson. Brad Wilson has the issues that he's even had the opportunity to vote on. I, Trent Staggs, as the mayor of Riverton, hasn't had the opportunity to vote on these issues to show where he'd be for sure. He, I mean, he's, he's going to say that he's conservative, and I trust him that he is. But if you're looking for a tried-and-true, battle-tested record, that's going to come from Brad Wilson. Uh, Mayor, Mayor Staggs uh, can tell you that he is, and he actually stood up. I was really happy to see him during the pandemic talk about freedom and the way that people were trying to restrict you from parks and everything else he, and, and what was happening in our schools. He really pushed back hard on that, and I thought he let out really well in that time. So uh, that is I, – I, I put a lot of faith I, – I put – Wait in action. And so I, I would I agree think with action Greg in that, in that, not just words. That well, so I would say they're all bona fide conservatives, right? There's no fake conservatives there. Yeah. I do think there's an advantage to both Romney and Wilson in that. To Greg's point, they have voted on what are bellwether issues for conservatives. You can mm-hmm. look at a voting record. It's not that Trent Skaggs mayors just don't address these issues. Yeah, as it's often. a mayor thing. It's so not him. if you you wanted assurance from either Romney or Wilson, you'd look at their voting record. What's interesting then about Romney is if you're someone like Greg, you would say, I mean, Romney would tout and be truthful that he's 98% voting with Trump, but the 2% was so meaningful to many people. When you're impeaching him? That, that I vote they, with you except for when I'm impeaching yeah, him. That yeah, they, that they have thrown Romney out as, as a bona fide. So then you have to say, well, you know, Brad Wilson hasn't had that. He has only voted sort of bona fide. But you have to. So, so then my question is, you're choosing a style almost, or you're choosing well, a point of view and a way someone represents conservatism. I, I actually think it's deeper than that, Mara, because I think that the way he campaigned in 18, saying that he supported Trump. And, Romney? Uh, I'm sorry. When Romney was running in 18, he was making some statements that he thought he was a much better president than a candidate. He supported him. He said that to me personally. He campaigned on that. He was writing op-eds or an op-ed in the Washington Post before sure. he was even sworn in uh, deriding President Trump. You know, he touts himself as a, as a budget hawk, and that this is one of his most important issues. He voted for that lame duck, you know, Nancy Pelosi uh, budget in December, which is what we're fighting over now, or the Congress is, because that was 
passed uh, in the lame duck session, didn't need to be passed then, but, and he voted for that. And so that's where he becomes an outlier. He's, he's been an outlier on a, a couple critical votes in the, in the Senate where even Democrats have come over with Republicans and it's really made him stand out. So the 98% Trump votes, well and good, but when you're standing out on some of these critical issues of the budget or saying to, the, to Utahns one thing and so quickly about face and changing that, that position, that's where I think people have right, really and that's what I said. That, no, I mean those that that is really turned. I mean, you could also say that same story and say he voted independently. He voted to save the larger whole. I mean, I think he acts senatorial, and I mean, you've seen everyone change their mind on Trump. If if the litmus test was not changing your mind on Trump, then we wouldn't have a delegation. Uh, he that said could this. Stand in, the he test. said this up till a June primary, and by right. December, he was already on the other side. Right, and I, I mean, I, mean, come I think on. I don't think that's an unfair assessment to to have impeached Trump was not. Um, I think it's how he did it because he prayed vote. about it and he prayed and so then he felt good about it. Which oh, Greg, actually, if you were going to sit behind the actually, mic and tell Utahns that prayer t- shouldn't be a part of their deliberation, um, it actually I, I suggested that those that, that didn't vote with him Greg might Hughes. not have had the same conduit to God that he did. It because, was one of the you know, best speeches we have heard on Give me, being a I'm telling you, it was so time. off-putting. It felt like a dog whistle to Mormons. But I think what I prayed about it, folks. So give me a pass. What Greg is showing is, I do think it's not only a decision about are they conservative. It's a decision about when and how they're going to do it. And I think, because all three of these people are conservatives. Yeah, now, um, two of them are. Rami's not a conservative in any way. Yeah, he is, though. That's not. the thing. All right. Well, I'm going to pull up his voting record. I pulled it up a couple of years ago when I went and right. sat down with Senator Romney and Lee together. And they were between the 80 and 90 percentile voting the same way on issues. And there was that, you know, 10 percent, 15 percent where they differed which obviously are these things that we're talking about. I want to talk about another race right now. Uh, DeSantis is officially in. He had a bit of a <laughs> stumble on his way in because they were announcing the big announcement on Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces didn't work. Who knows why it didn't work? So that happened. But interestingly enough, um, he's entering the race with a lot of money, $8.2 million mm-hmm. raised in 24 hours, comparing to $9.5 million, um, from the Trump campaign. So he obviously has money backing him. Where's the money coming from? Is it to the right of President Trump? Is it the same people as Trump? So that's the question. How's this all going to shake out? Because Trump was the first in. Trump was the president. So Trump has maybe an upper hand, except for the part where he's impeached. Well, the part that his numbers have only grown since he's continued to be attacked. Uh, And the Durham report shows that his first term was completely interrupted um, unethically and wrongfully and i think he continues to see growing support trump does because of those things i mean the thing that's and you can't replicate it with any other person running for office there's nothing the democrats are going to do to him in fact the more they try to put their thumb on the scale and try to just shame him arrest him try to keep him out people know that that's why they're doing it and he gets more popular i will say this though the beautiful thing about the desantis announcement is that it it broke twitter it (laughs) I mean, it wasn't like crickets and nobody cared or listened. It was that the volume of people that wanted to watch that was so high that it, it, it failed. And so I hear a lot of people criticizing how that announcement rolled out, that it didn't come, it didn't come through. But it didn't come through for the most important reason. It was the volume of popularity and people that wanted to watch it live far better than if no one was looking at all. So I think that I, I, even though it was kind of a, a fail in terms of how he announced, um, I think that the reason it failed was because he was so unbelievably powerful. They had never seen any kind of volume or traffic like that on Twitter before. They couldn't handle it. Have so, you picked a dog in this sign. race? 
Hmm? Have you picked a dog in this well, race? Well, I support Trump, but I'll tell you, I support a very strong race between the two of them because I like both of them as leaders. I think they're both very strong leaders, and they have their – actually, they're very similar. And I think that anyone that thinks that the Democrats are going to give, say, DeSantis is the sane and normal one, and we're just going to go ahead and have a really nice and, I don't, and, and status sure quo – I'm the Democrats are not uh, saying that. No. The, the status quo – campaign. But I hear a lot of Republicans say, I have to go with DeSantis because it's just too chaotic with Trump. It's going to be chaotic with the Democrats towards whether it's DeSantis or it's Trump. None, none of the words are going to change. It's all going to be the same attacks. So you don't get a nicer version there. But I love these two going after each other. And let's see. I love Fighters make fights. I love to see this. I want to see these two campaign and, and earn the support of the American people. And I'm, I'm not afraid of that. The rest of the candidates are running for vice president. I love these two having a head-to-head. and I, so I'm, I'm not go- so settled happy. on this race that Greg is because, in part, DeSantis's arc has not been what I thought it would be. He should be still honeymooning, and he's not, yeah. which is not to say he's tanking either. I want to be clear on that. I also don't think he broke Twitter. I think we saw the head of a major social media say, hey, can anyone help me with this PowerPoint? Like, it was botched. It's the one unifier. I mean, it's the only time I will say on the Elon, air, I, have the tape I agree up. with Donald Trump. It was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was an embarrassment. Now, if you're in politics, it's called a five-day story, and what the heck, it's great. But he has had this weird arc where he has had a couple of – he was the golden child. He's mm-hmm. had a couple of fails, yeah. including his own delegation not supporting him. So, And yet he still is considered and should be considered a frontrunner. Yep. So DeSantis is running a race like like – we haven't seen for inside baseball and he's screwing up a little bit, but he's, and he's dipping and then he's coming back up again. But part of it is we're starting really early. He also hasn't chosen a lane. He chose the I'm sane except Trump lane. And then he chose the I'm as cuckoo as Trump is lane. (laughs) And then now he's headed back. But I will say, I feel like he might run to the right of Trump. I do too. And his playing of Florida hasn't caught up to with him. Before you go on, I do want to point out who I am looking at now, who is going to be my, so this could, well, he doesn't listen, but the failure here. You want to know who I think could be a last minute, really interesting dark horse is Sununu. I'm digging oh him. Oh my gosh! I'm digging uh, him. You got to get me a bucket. I'm going to throw up. Talk about establishment to the. I mean, I don't know how you aren't just completely done with the establishment, Republican or Democrat in this country. I'm done with this. Well, establishment. I mean, four years of Trump would be my explanation uh, for so, wanting to go back to people so who understand let me just US say this. history. Uh, let me. I'll just say this: there were a lot of hot governors that everybody thought would be the nominee. Define hot. Hot is in. <laughs> just you, as governor, you t- now not by looks, Heidi. Suit. Sorry. Nice no, this is like a governor Scott Walker in Wisconsin. He took on the unions. They tried to recall him in an election. He fought back. He they protested in the Capitol. He, he held strong. He raised a zillion dollars. Everybody thought he was a blue chip candidate in in the 2016 race. He went nowhere. Uh, so you go back to Rick Perry from Texas. Boy, he was. Everybody thought he was going to be the one that that carried everything away. He was going to be. Uh, then he ate a, a hot dog at a. Uh, state fair and it was over for him ask marco rubio when he drank that water yeah, you remember yeah that? there's some images you just can't erase and so anyway but there's there, so there are a lot of there are a lot of pre-game hype that of governors that had a, the ability to raise money you thought and did good things as governors in their states but then didn't go anywhere the one thing i'll say about desantis is it's amazing that you get these narratives about desantis and you almost you almost reverse engineer the story to meet the narrative so uh they'll say why would he pick this niche 
a weird Twitter way to, it's because he doesn't like to interact with human beings because he's just not comfortable with he people. He does have a reputation of being a jerk. Yeah, but so they go, but you know what? I don't know if anyone knows, but when Tucker Carlson went on after he got fired from Fox and went on Twitter, 80 million people watched it. When he went on later and said, I'm going to do a show on Twitter, 100 million people watched it. And just that. to be clear, when so, you say watch, it's actually not Twitter. Let's like be, let's be hyper specific. They're on Twitter this and they isn't click Twitter. the link. This is on Twitter sound or whatever yeah. it is. No, this is, oh, I got no, no, sent a link by Krista. And it was a it's, tweet. It's, and then I hit the arrow, and the blue when, arrow. And you left Twitter. And then it, tell, and it gives me a reel. I like that your wife you had to send you the tweet yeah. since you don't it's hang out there. But as but long as you've got so someone. That's how I do It's not mainstream Twitter. Okay, techie. Okay. Okay. You got it all the jargon down. All I know is it was a tweet. I had a blue arrow and I pressed the button, or a blue circle with a white arrow. And I You heard the bell ringing. And then I and then I saw the talking head. He should have watched Biden. Biden shot his week in advance they retaped everything That's they had right. to they make sure they had it crisp and clear and but, so you can tweet but, it whenever you want but my point is it was 80 million and 100 million you nobody can criticize desantis for going on twitter for a big announcement when you can get that kind of volume versus you announce in front of users. traditional media and somebody clips what they want to put from your announcement speech on I for the people those to are see. unique users those are retweets Anyway, just so you know, no, I don't they think are. That many there's people that watched it afterwards. Nope, that's how many people watched it. I'm convinced. You need, I'm sure no, you are. I am convinced. You I, can't I would, I would you check can't, you, but you I didn't look up the numbers. Your fake news isn't going to change my mind. I, so I, I want to look at the opposite side here. There's this new CNN presidential poll out right now, and polls we know right now, and really, quite frankly, even the week before elections are not always right. But what I think is interesting looking at this when they're looking at President Biden and 2024, the numbers are interesting to me because. Those middle independent voters who really can sway elections on the Democratic side are backing right now um, Robert F. Kennedy. So if you look at the poll within President Biden's own party, 60 percent of Democratic and Democratic leaning voters say they back Biden. So that's good for him. He's got the majority still backing him. But 20 percent favor activist and lawyer. They call him Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 8%, though, are backing Marianne Williamson, which is a little surprising to me. Another 8% say, give me some more time. So, Mara, when we look at this, how important is that independent vote when you're looking at where they lean and who they're liking right now? So, these early, we're 18 months out. These early polls mean nothing except to the strategic teams at these um, campaigns in which they better start dialing. This is a moment where they need to dial in their audience. They see what we all know is that there are very few Americans who are super happy about their choices in any party for any reason. There are very few like, oh, yes, finally, my guy. Mostly because they've all been around for yeah. some degree. I mean, there's a little bit of like no one's new. DeSantis is is arguably a little new, but he forecast it so long ago that yeah. I feel like he's been in it for a while. So who these, so for predicting reasons, they're useless. I think where they are is that this intangible momentum, I still believe after doing hundreds of campaigns, this intangible momentum is sometimes the difference between winning and losing in a hot race. And I think you can look at the Trump race to see this intangible, meaning you couldn't necessarily spot it statistically. You felt it, though. Yeah. So I think this is a key factor in who gets mojo when they get it, when they get momentum. And Biden needs to be looking at that and saying, why aren't they hearing what I'm saying yet? I think I think Trump doesn't hear anything, but DeSantis <laughs> could dial in something from this. So as well. the, the, in this, and in then of this course poll, my, my buddy Sununu. Oh please! <laughs> I can't believe you said that name. I mean, I'm just, keeping him alive. Uh, yeah. So, 
Why don't you get a Cheney? Is there a Cheney you might like in this race too? Hey, Why don't you put a Cheney Liz in there with Cheney? Cheney. Yeah, Cheney Sununu. Liz There's Cheney. your no Ch- Sununu Done. Cheney. There's your Done. ticket. Oh, I'm gonna throw up. In this poll at CNN, there was another question they had asked, and that is, do you think if Biden were reelected, the country would be on the right path, or what? That it was like thirty percent. Only thirty percent were optimistic about this, this country's future or their own if Biden was reelected. Here's the challenge that they're going to have: the Democrats and Biden. They, at the same time you're seeing these poll numbers now, admittedly very early, but you're getting a mood of the country. They have decided they are not going to have a primary race. They are not going to let Robert Kennedy debate uh, Joe Biden on a stage. They're not letting any of these declared Democrat camps, Marianne Williamson, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., there will be no debate. There will be no opportunity to campaign against the president because the DNC's decided that it's not a race. Well, that's business as usual for that, the incumbent I, president, well, the sitting president. I don't Although think so. I think Herbert Walker Bush lost because of Patrick Buchanan. No, Bernie Sanders is an independent. Yes. I mean, let's just be clear. That's like, true. He's his own force of nature. It is absolute archival that the sitting president is the really? preferred. Really? Yes. To, to ask Herbert Walker Bush if Buchanan, as a Republican, didn't mess with him in New Hampshire. But he was I mean, a different breed of Republican. I'm, I'm going to tell he you. He was going from the Bernie Sanders seat. I am going to tell you right now that if seat. the Democrats decide that Biden is, is, the, yeah. is untouchable and you're not allowed to ask, you can't even challenge him, that is not going to make Biden a stronger candidate uh, going forward. It's, it's going to be a big problem. For I will Democrats also say, that. although I'll stop, I don't want. I always don't want to get super wonky, but the construct questions in the CNN poll were super lame, right? They of were. Of course, all, you looked they, at the crosstabs. I didn't look were, at any of this. They were very like, ugh, okay, but good but stuff. They, but it had good to be stuff. bad if, if CNN is announcing bad news. It had to be bad because you yes, know they're, they're inclined they're, to never. They're part of the. The great yeah, they, left they, no, they no, they do give maybe they're Biden trying to steer the conversation, and encourage Biden latitude to than get a, out a Republican yeah. and just maybe say go maybe for it's Robert turn or I mean, there's an occasional you know racial slur, forgive him. Yeah, they do. They Robert forgive Kennedy. Him. Oh no, he uh, has occasional racial Joe, slurs. I've missed this. Joe Biden. He had a problem several months ago with um, saying negative things about Jewish Americans. No, he didn't. Okay. No, he said something, and everyone construed that that must have been anti-Semitic. He what he for said, it. yeah, because Democrats make everything about race or about prejudice or something. So yeah, he's trying to play to that crowd. But what he said was construed as anti-Semitic. But you just like it him because he's an anti-vaxxer. No, I'm going to tell you this: what I love about well, first off, I love hearing Democrats not love a Kennedy. It's it's it's, it's a new uh, strain <laughs> of Democrat. I've never uh, seen this before. Usually, Democrats loved the Kennedys and still sure. love the Kennedys, but now that he's run against Biden. Now, now we have to find out. Now he has to be morally flawed like every yeah, Republican. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. Uh, we are a year and a half out, so you never know what's going to happen because sometimes the person you think is going to be in the front right. dies off on the vine before we even get to a serious part. That's so true. it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, water. I brought this up because I know Greg loves talking water so much, but <laughs> there was... Yeah. A Here comes the seminar, folks. Get ready. <laughs> I don't think Start I get this a gold star, but it was a deal of some sort, the Colorado River deal. Um, Eric Balkan, the executive director of the Glen Canyon Institute, says it won't be enough to solve the Colorado River crisis, but it is a step in the right direction. So they promise basically at this point to be a little bit better and not use up all the water. Is this yeah. going to work, Mara? The big deal for this is it's inserting a new way of, or a new acknowledgement. I will of be the less volume. bad. Yeah, I mean, it is sort of for the first time ever mm-hmm. acknowledging that maybe the Colorado River from inception from the 1922 agreement hasn't flowed like we wanted. The other thing I say, totally partisan, 
to the uh, upper basin in Utah is that the culprits are really California, Nevada, and Arizona. In this instance, Nevada actually has been doing a great job with conservation. The preponderance of the conservation has to happen in Arizona and, and California. And I will tell you, anybody that can strong arm uh, California should be given a state. Well, that ovation. sounds like we didn't lose any water shares. Did we lose water shares? We as a state? Well, it depends. I mean, it, it maybe not because remember, our water isn't ever guaranteed. We have a yeah. percentage of what's left over. Essentially, is the I is the we oversimplified. We have twenty three percent of no. See, so so California and um, Arizona can work under absolute. Utah. Um, New Mexico, Colorado, all those guys the four other states, have yeah. they divvy up a percentage. So we have twenty three percent of the allocation that's left. Depending, it's it's much like water rights where you have them, but it, it depends on how long they flow, right? How far yeah. they flow. Yep. So we have a hard time over prescribing. So they were able to get those who had over prescribed in this case Arizona and California to say, hey, they'll switch it up a little. All right. I, thought, I mean, it's good. I like that. It's a good new thinking, at least. We're upstream. We should be able to get. I don't want to lose any of our water rights as a state. Uh, Going, we going have a new authority state. that's, like I think, a couple of years old. They're doing a good job representing Utah. We used to be woefully underrepresented we as were. a state on the on the. Colorado, we were often derided. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. we learned along the way, yeah. which was kind of silly. That something and, that's so important yeah, to keeping Utah a state only alive. Recently, just yeah. upped its game in its representation on that on the the River Commission, Colorado River Commission, yeah. and yeah. so it, that's a good thing. We were scared thirsty for a while there. I think the funny thing is, is we're always in a drought. I guess it's not hilarious, but Utah is a desert, and so we're the second driest state in the nation. We're not in a drought. Tell us about your basement. Yeah, if we're in a drought, I don't want floods. If we're in, if I'm flooding, then we're not in a drought. That's just my bellwether. So. Do you still have water bubbling in your basement? No, it, I, it's, it, I do have a The water table is kind of goes up and down still under my house. But so uh, I'll just give you a shout out right here. It's not flooding. I am asked more about your flooding situation. Really? People care about you? Else. That is so nice. People yeah. are so nice. I just want to give it, like, people ask me more about people, how That's people how that know you, basement. too. I, exa- I mean, it's those, should be, those are people that should be really <laughs> those traitors. W- wishing me no, unwell, the, not well. That's no, nice. Yeah, that's so nice. I, that's They're like, oh, my, is that too bad? Yeah. He's been flooded out. He has nothing left. I know. That should have been a moment for celebration. I'm so happy that people actually. My people are charitable people. They're being nice to me. Thank that you. That is yeah. nice. That's nice. So here's something that I did not have on my bingo card for 2023, but apparently Great Salt Lake is the national parks and BYU students and researchers have been studying the lake and they've been doing this in depth for a while now. They went and spoke to legislative leaders in Washington, D.C. this last week and they requested a preliminary report on the possibility of designating the lake, that is, as a national park. Just as a layperson looking at this, I see some serious stumbling blocks in the way because we've got people who make their living off of brine shrimp farming in the Great Salt Lake. Uh, We have people who get a lot of salt that we eat on our Doritos, Fritos, whatever. You know, we get a lot of salt out of the lake. So there's uh, businesses that run in the middle of it. Mara, is this something that could save the lake? Is it a good idea? I'm going to say first that I am not a federal government hater. And I (laughs) like our state park, our, our federal parks, and I love our wilderness designations. And I hate this proposal so much. It's wow, so good. backwards. Yeah. So you don't want to have the mighty six? Here's the other thing. I'm going to start out by offending my BYU friends. Ooh. I object to the media using the term in-depth research. I would like you to cite the in-depth research. Because from what I know, it's three PR undergrads who, what, looked up some lake levels and did some division. That's not in-depth research. There you go. And I, I'm offended that anyone academic can put together a two-bit paper 
pitch it to the media and we're like, wow, they've really studied this. No, they didn't. There are no hydrologists on this team. They don't know of what they speak. And I'm sure they're well-intended and well-meaning, but I'm going to get a little snarky. So this is about like kindergartners who want extra- the state bird. I mean, I, I think they're well-intended. But I'm like, listen, this is not expertise speaking. This is passion. And I love that we're all passionate. But to Utah's credit, we have stepped up. We have not, we've done a 180. It's not, I don't think that we didn't care. We certainly weren't paying as much attention. And the very top, tippy top of our leadership, anyone who could do anything, stepped forward in an aggressive way and has taken the ball. And I don't think there's a Utah who should relinquish this job to the federal government at this point. Absolutely. Do you want President Biden at the end of his term to Antiquities Act, the Great Salt Lake, snag no. it, put a fence around it, and charge you no, extra I think dollars you, I think to it get would in. be a disaster. And I'll, I'll just say this. Contrast what Mara just described, which is accurate, about the state putting all of its political capital and, and resources into the Great Salt Lake and how to conserve better and understand what's happened as that lake uh, has gone down. Now, there are some cycles to, the, to nature, and we, we're seeing you know levels go up, thankfully. Now, look at Zion National Park. If you talk to the rangers that are down there and people that live amongst the people in the community, there's a great communication there. I mean, the, the county can work with the Why National Park. Why couldn't you just agree with me? Now as soon as you get away from that, the there is, because this is the thing, Mara, is that the <laughs> state of Utah wants to solve some of the problems of Zion National Park. They want to be a, a player. They've put money aside Have and said, fix the great you've got raw first. sewage coming down from your porta potties down the hill. We want to put in a, a sewer for that. And you can't get it done. Because the decision makers like, in D.C. don't want to hear fix the about Great Salt that. Lake, and that would be a good that'd be a good resume the, builder the pro, for the, the challenge, state to take the over. Challenge, the challenge with the national park <laughs> is that you are dealing with people that are in Washington D.C. Yeah. and that distance doesn't create uh, effectiveness in terms of uh, problem solving. All right, so don't get ready to go to heavens. No, we 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 have good national parks in this state, and it's already hard enough to try to work together on those. But we should be giving credit. We're like we're stepping up. We are. Yes. We are, I are, oh, no. oh no. Yeah, and I agree. To be clear, this doesn't mean we can't get federal support. Just to be clear, yeah. like, the feds can give us if the, if if the feds have some money that they want to give us no, with I, no strings attached. Then Mara, it's I'm it saying. No, I'm agreeing because with you. of the point you made yeah, yeah, about what they you. did. You guys sound like you're fighting even when you're. Crying. I know. It's so true. Well, the point you made is why we wouldn't we wouldn't want that for yeah. this Great Salt Lake because we have we can't have that same kind of effectiveness. In our existing national parks. Are we ending with agreement? Well, well, it'll destroy our street cred, so we better start. That is uncomfortable. Well, while we've been talking here, we started off talking about the target issue, and because we have some solidified information at this point, I was going to update you. But the latent target was evacuated after there were bomb threats reported at multiple Utah stores. So it was the latent target there um, around one o'clock this afternoon. There were bomb sniffing dogs out there, and at this point, it looks like there was no bomb there was just some just on the phone. Folks, just if you do if you do like they do with Bud Light, you don't have to you don't have to go threaten anyone. You don't have to make just a scene. Your business. Go just, get just some chicken at Chick-fil-A. Go get a craft at Hobby Lobby. Else. And then someone like, wants sit press down though because I'm reading else. our KUTV article and it says officers began the investigation after two local news stations received emails alerting them about the threats. Mm. So they're like, hey guys, we called in a bomb threat. Heidi Hatch told the, told the public that there was a bomb threat, so the police were called. It was not me, but people do leave me interesting voicemails, (laughs) but not that one. So what kind of bomb threat is that where you make a bomb threat and then you you call the media first and then you have the emails because police can put you in jail for that. So just throwing that out there. All right, it's All right. never a boring week. More fun to happen in the weeks to come. Did so we thanks stay on for time? Out. Did we? We're De- on time. Define what's on time. Yeah, 
What is our time? I don't know what our time is. I feel like we may have talked about Target too long at the first. And I was going to use this button. We're falling behind. And I forgot to use it. I was trying to set that up. That was my question. I was saying, did we stay on time? I know. I realized that we had a couple Simpsons moments that we can use during these podcasts to get us moving. And then I forgot to do it. We'll do it in the future. Here's a random fact. I've never watched a Simpson episode. Me either. You haven't? What about you, Greg? Yes, I've watched. You have? Yes. I wasn't allowed to growing up and somehow... As an adult, when I was allowed to, to I never was like, oh, I want to watch that. Although I think my son, who has his AirPods, AirBuds, what do you call those? My brain can't even think. I sound so old. Yeah. So anyhow, when he has the Apple thing stuck in his ear, I think he's literally watched every episode, and I think there might be five billion. My favorite Homer Homer Simpson quotes when the aliens come down, and Homer says, "Please, I have a wife and children. Take them." Take them. <laughs> well, that. sometimes you don't get along and you got to have a backup plan. Thanks for being with us. Have a great week and please be nice to others. <laughs> Greg, you laughed. I did. <laughs>